My name is Pastor John Hardiman with the Quincy Church of the Nazarene. Today's date is May 1, 2022, and I'm glad you chose to join us today. The text that will be our sermon text for this sermon would be found in Acts chapter 9, and I'll begin at verse 1. It goes as follows. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anyone, any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. <laughs> they heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. The reading of God's word. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank of our passages of scripture here today. And I think of Saul, who was a, a Pharisee who just uh, was breathing out murderous threats, the scripture tells us, about the disciples of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just think of uh, our world today, how toxic and caustic it is towards Christians. But Lord, I think of uh, Saul and how he was the least of the least to come to you, and yet, you saw fit by your great grace to save him as well. And Lord, we know the rest of the story that you used Saul in a mighty way for the growth of, of your kingdom. So Father, have your way with each one who hears this message, your way with me. And Lord, we recognize you are the real teacher here. So Father, I just ask that you would speak your words into our lives and we would be obedient to what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. I love the way the writer Luke uh, starts out Acts chapter nine. Meanwhile, <laughs> doesn't that sound kind of fun? Kind of like meanwhile, back at the ranch. Meanwhile is kind of a uh, an opening preachers enjoy. It's kind of like a license to ramble. <laughs> Last week, I mentioned that the church is on the move, like an uncontained wildfire that sweeps across the land. Where I left off last week in scripture, the apostles stood their ground before the Sanhedrin, who were on record wanting as to want them put to death. But one Pharisee on the council interceded and thus spared their lives. Let me highlight Acts chapter 5, verse 40. This one uh, Pharisee of the council. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. 
the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing that they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, the name of Jesus. <laughs> the last beatitude came to my mind. Matthew 5.11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. How in the world can the enemies of the church combat that? Their punishment produces happiness. After all of that, this is recorded. This is 42. Day after day in the temple courts and from the house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now, chapter 6 records the church growing so fast that the apostles chose seven spirit-filled men to minister to the masses of newborn believers. One of these men chosen was named Stephen. He was arrested, brought before the Sanhedrin, and because of his testimony concerning Christ, uh, he, they, he, he was questioned. All 60 verses of chapter 7 is dedicated to this trial. And later, this that same day, Stephen was stoned to death. It was in this rendering that our main character in today's text is first mentioned in the Bible. Uh, 6.58, I mean uh, 7.58. They, the religious leaders, dragged Stephen out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, our main character. And then we have Acts 8, 1 through 3. And Saul was there, giving approval to his death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Paul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put, their, and put them in prison. <laughs> During the scattering of believers, Jesus was preached in Samaria. Acts 4, 14, I mean 8, 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. <laughs> uh, the gospel also makes it way to, the, uh, to Ethiopia via Philip the evangelist. Then we turn the page and we find our text today in verse 1 of chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. <laughs> Saul, Saul. Have you ever known someone who you just knew they would never in a thousand years come to Christ? Well, Saul was that guy. If you were to line up all the Israelite men in a row and you had to choose which one would come to Christ and which one wouldn't, Saul would be the last one picked. <laughs> Yet, it was by God's grace that Saul became a born-again Christ follower. Meanwhile, back to our text, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. 
As the church was spreading, Saul also broadened his search. <laughs> in scripture, I sometimes wonder what was going on in all the players' minds here. Saul, believe it or not, thought he was doing God's work by capturing these believers. Saul was a staunch believer in God. He was on his way to be on the Sanhedrin Council. In today's term, one might say that Paul was on the fast track of advancement. <laughs> with the approval of the religious leaders along with documentation, Saul headed for, to Damascus. I think I know what you're thinking. How far away is Damascus from Jerusalem, right? Well, 171 miles. And with light traffic, you can make it in three hours and 57 minutes. I googled it. Their, tra uh, their mode of travel, uh, however, wasn't in a car, walking, a camel, perhaps a donkey, uh, which I'm guessing how they traveled, which would average 20 miles per day. That would mean it would take them just about nine days to go from Jerusalem to Damascus. Hot, tired, dirty, and possibly thirsty, they come to the outskirts of this big town, this big city. I believe they were thinking about putting their feet up, sipping iced tea, and taking a long hot bath, followed by a big greasy cheeseburger with lots of french fries and a large vanilla shake. During their daydreaming, they are awakened by a brilliant light and a voice speaking out of the sky. Uh, with that, uh, allow me to give you a little piece of advice should this happen to you. If you hear your name called out of the blue, just respond. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. <laughs> Haven't we met people who say something like this? If only God would speak to me. Uh, I would, where I could actually hear him. <laughs> I wonder if Saul ever thought that before this. Then God, slant Jesus, does. And we have grown men on a quest when this great light stops them in their tracks. Then a voice started speaking from the sky. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? <laughs> Upon seeing the light and hearing the voice, Saul falls to the ground asking, Who are you, Lord? Then the answer, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. I am Jesus. Do you remember when you first, uh, when Jesus uh, first made himself known to you? <laughs> oh, boy, I do. And when I came to Christ, I was, I was clean on the inside. I was free. I was as light as a feather. The Samaritan woman remembers. She went and told everyone she met, come and see. Come and see the one who told me everything I've done. Hmm. Peter the Rock remembers the first time Jesus made himself known to him. After a long, fishless night, Jesus gets into his boat and convinces Peter to cast his net one more last time. Peter only obliged out of respect for this young preacher. But Peter knew who Jesus was when the miracle of the great catch of fish happened. Peter bows before Jesus 
on his little fishing vessel and proclaims, Away from me, Lord, for I am an unclean man. Jesus cleansed Peter that day. Mm. Saul never forgot the time Jesus made himself known to him. The man traveling in verse 7 with Paul, with Saul, stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. The men around Saul uh, helped uh, him up to his feet. And when he got to his feet, he realized he could not see. He was blinded by the light of Jesus. So they led him by the hand into the city of Damascus. Saul did not eat or drink anything for three days. In religious circles, we know what Paul was doing these three days. He was fasting and praying, trying to figure out what had happened to him and how he had gotten so far off track with God, with what he was doing. Trying to figure out what Jesus said to him on the road. And then verse 6, now get up and go in the city and you will be told what you must do. Christ followers, isn't that what Christ is still telling us today? Now get up and go. I believe we hear okay. But communication gets garbled because we allow too much time to occur, occur before we take action. Or we have too many distractions in our lives. <laughs> too much time goes by because we start reasoning with uh, what Jesus is really saying. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not preaching at you here. This could be any one of us. We lay awake counting the cost of obedience. We wonder what others might think. The bottom line is that when that happens, we have waited too long and we start to doubt, which leads to not following through, which is disobedience. Did I mention distractions? <laughs> we have so many distractions around us. Uh, television, emails, Facebook, news outlets, work, play, children, spouses, recreation, anything that sidetracks us from what Jesus initially said, that sidelines or postpones the calling in our lives. We can be like something I saw a while back on TV. <laughs> it was a comedy, I'm sure. I never really sat down to watch it. But as I was flipping through the channel, I came across a, uh, a channel where a lady was trying to tell this guy something that he didn't want to hear. <laughs> uh, if you can picture it, there was this uh, adult-ish male with his hands covering his ears and he's uh, yelling, nah, 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 so he couldn't understand. <laughs> and then the canned laughter erupts from the audience. And we get the idea that he didn't want to hear what the lady was trying to tell him. When God gets our attention, we don't normally cover our ears chanting, nah, 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 yeah, 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 openly. But it has the same outcome, disobedience. Could we be like Saul here in the story who hears and obey Jesus' voice? <laughs> I hope so. Would you resolve with me right now to say yes to Jesus and yes to what he wants to do in our lives and do through us and no 
to Satan and the poles of the world? Can we recognize that it is by God's grace that he's even interested in us? In a way, we are just like Saul in our story today, going through life thinking he has everything under control. That is, until God gets our attention. He saves us because of his amazing grace. Jesus saves us to be used by him, to be used for his divine plan, his divine purpose in our lifetime. Over 200 years ago, there was another man uh, that people thought that would never come to Jesus. And yet he did. He wrote about it and we sing about it today. It's called Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. Tis grace that brought us safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we know less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, this is an incredible passage of, of a, a journey of a man named Saul who uh, saw the light of Jesus Christ and believed. Likewise, Lord, may we see the light of Jesus Christ as it shines into our lives, that we would confess our sins, that we would claim you as our Lord and Savior and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you for joining us. Until we meet again next week. Bye.